Amen. Good evening, everyone. Hallelujah. You know, um, I think it'd be good if we just stand to our feet right now. And in the old church, they used to do songs of consecration. You remember those songs? Hymns to get prepared for the word of God. Amen. That song they sang that there's a promise coming down that dusty road. Sister Donna Fontaine used to sing that for years in this church. Amen. And there is a promise that God has coming down the road, and it's contained in His Son. Amen. But truly, tonight, we don't want Him to pass us by. Do you know that song, Pass Me Not, O Gentle Savior? Hear my humble cry. And while on others thou art calling, do not pass me by. Without music, without plan, can we sing that together? At the top of our voice, amen, as God prepares our heart tonight to receive such a simple message. Let us sing. Pass me not, O gentle Savior. Hear my humble cry and while on others thou art calling do not pass me by sing it with all of your heart sing say Savior, Savior, hear my humble cry. Let him hear you sing it. And while on others thou art calling, O oh Lord, do sing it one more time. Not pass. Sing past me not. Hallelujah. I'm calling Savior. I'm calling Savior. Savior. Why don't you hear my humble? You're doing a good job tonight. Let the Lord hear you tonight. And while on others thou art calling, do not pass me by. Why don't you lift your hands and thank him tonight for the opportunity? Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, church. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I love your hearts. Let there come a worship unto Him. Hallelujah. Out of our hearts, Lord, we're desperate for You tonight in this house. Oh, bless Your name. Bless Your name. Bless Your name. Fill this house with Your glory tonight, Father. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Truly, church, it is the cry of the Holy Ghost and the prayer of the church to ask Him to come. The Word of God says that the Spirit and the Bride say, Come. 
both the spirit and the bride say come. Why can't we ask him to come tonight, church? We'd be so much better tonight if he would come into the room. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We're pitiful without the Holy Ghost tonight, church. Hallelujah. With all of your hearts tonight and with our sacrifice, lift your hands all over the building one more time and ask him. The Spirit and the bride say come. Hallelujah. 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 Oh, that you would come into this old sanctuary, Lord. Oh, for such a time as this, Lord. For such a time as this, Lord. Oh, the time is now, Lord, that we must come, Lord, unto thee, Lord. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Oh, bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. While you're standing, let's go ahead and get into the Word of God. Amen. Turn with me, if you will, to the book of Matthew, chapter 23. The book of Matthew, chapter 23. I was talking to Brother Jake this morning, how often we get into places of study. Times where we get on the line of study, and we can see that in pastors' Wednesday night teaching sermon series that can go on and on and we can chop it up and dice it up and grow and learn. But oftentimes in my life, when God wants to speak to me, oftentimes in revelation for the moment, it's oftentimes as I lift my head from the pillow, Brother John, in the moment, and he speaks a word. Am I the only one that he does that to? Sometimes in a moment, he'll just speak a scripture before prayer, before anything, and God begins to speak that, and it rolls over in my heart, and he begins to reveal to you that he wants to talk about that one thing. And this morning, as I woke up and lifted my head from the scripture, this, from the bed, this scripture came into my heart. It's not going to be a very uh, special thing tonight. I'm not trying to find some new thing. Amen. Truly, we're in the time where we need to find the old thing that works. Amen. And this scripture, Matthew chapter 23, verse 37 says, O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, thou that killest the prophets and stonest them which are sent unto thee, how often would I have gathered thy children together even as a hen gathered her chicks under her wings, and yet ye would not come. It's a simple thought. The focus of the scripture is the lament and the cry of the Savior. As he looks over a people, his heart is broken. He's weeping because it's, it's time now. For him to do something different. It's time for him to go to Calvary. So he says, oh, Jerusalem. Oh, church. Hallelujah. How many times will I have gathered you into my bosom, but you wouldn't come? Hallelujah. Ecclesiastics chapter 3, verse 1. To everything there is a season and a time to every purpose under heaven. Can you say amen? amen? 
Psalms chapter 90 and verse 12. So teach us to number our days that we may apply our hearts unto wisdom. I believe that this ties into some of the things that Brother Jake has been teaching, we talked about. But truly, church, tonight, we won't be long. But the only way that we can rise in the kingdom of God is by knowledge and understanding. I'll say it again. If the scripture says, my people perish for a lack of knowledge, Corey, that means that there can be a people who don't know what they're supposed to know. I said there can be a people. We can be in God's house tonight and not have the knowledge that we need to have. And there could be a knowledge that we have and still, Brother Keith, not understand that which we say we know. So the way that we rise in the kingdom of God is both by knowledge and understanding, Sister Trahan. The word of God says in all of our getting, get what? Get an understanding. Let us pray. Father, we thank you tonight for this opportunity. Oh, that you would touch the hearts of the people tonight. Touch this word. Speak only what you desire for me to speak. And let it accomplish the purpose that you desire. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated tonight. Thank you, Brother Jake, for the opportunity tonight, you know, to stand in this pulpit. You know, truly, we, we know that God is doing a faithful work through the pulpit. We're a firm believer. I am a firm believer that if you fix the family, you fix the church. Hello? Now, the pastor asked you already nicely before I start jumping that you help me out. Amen. I'm a firm believer that if you fix the family, you fix the church. Before God ever made a church, he made a family. And if you fix the church, Brother Houston, you'll fix the world. Why do we spend so much time focusing on what is not the order that God intends? Truly, it is time that we understand that the time has come. The time has come for what? The time has come for us to simply obey the voice of God, which simply says, come. Just to come. It was so wonderful this morning to see my dear sister this morning respond to the altar. Been a while since I seen her. She had a few inches more on her hair when I saw her last, her wonderful husband. But to see her respond to the altar, we will do anything but come. Brother Jerry, I said, we'll do anything but come. We'll talk to friends, we'll post on Facebook. We'll watch Oprah Winfrey. We'll do whatever we can do but simply come. But the cry of the Holy Ghost says simply to come. Now, all throughout the scripture, we see this cry that says, Come if you're thirsty and get drink. Come if you're burdened and heavy laden and I will give you rest. Bring the little children unto me. Let them come up to me. Amen. Don't, don't restrict them because such is the kingdom of heaven. We see all of the admonitions in the scripture that tell us to come. But what I'm talking about tonight are the things and the reasons and the thoughts that we need to understand that why we don't come. 
Why is it that we won't simply come? I believe that this is the foundation and the basis of whether or not we're going to make it, folks. I said, I believe it's the foundation about whether or not we're going to make it. You know, Sanja, we got another little puppy, a little chihuahua. And I love animals, but this one I really don't like that much. <laughs> but why don't I like him? It's because when I call his name, he won't what? He won't come. Everything I feed, when I call it, comes. Amen. Andrew, come. Amen. Whatever it is, if I put food in its mouth, I expected Brother Eli to respond to my call. But that little bitty dog, oh, and she loves it. And I like him too. But I can't stand the fact, Brother Jake, that he won't come. Why is it that we stray away from the voice of God? This is so critical because it speaks itself explicitly to relationship. The church is real big upon the spirit of Elijah. This is a whole nother message. But before we can have the spirit of Elijah that brings about revival, we must first walk in the spirit of Enoch, which brings about relationship. Hello? Hello? No need. Listen. Both spirits must op operate within the area for there to be revival. There will be no revival in Victory Temple without the spirit of relationship first. There's not going to be a spirit of revival that's going to sweep across the land. All over this land, all over this land, get ready. Remember we used to sing that, right? God's going to send revival all over this land. We're going to be marching to victory with power in our hand. God's going to send revival all over this land. It ain't going to happen without relationship. I don't care how much you sing it. I don't care, Brother Eddie, how much you shout it. I don't care how much it looks like it's revival. There is no revival without relationship. Now, you can help me preach because I'm telling you the truth. Now, it may shock you that you ain't going to have revival without relationship, but it's the truth. All we need to do is, is gauge ourselves by the relationship that we have with God. So the spirit that precedes the spirit of Elisha, the, the, the spirit that brings about repentance, the spirit that brings about revival, the miracles, the signs that follow them believe, that believe must first be preceded by the spirit of Enoch. Church, this is where we must begin. Sister Linda, we have to come. If we don't come, we need not expect to have a reward a benefit in a place where we are not hello we need not expect to, 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 to eat from the fruits of repentance if we don't come to repent we need not expect to see the the, the, the droves of people that will come in if we're not in a place that can receive it it's it's an issue of relationship and capacity that God is dealing with us about
Because truly in times like these, as we're doing outreaches, and I'm not even into the message, as we get into outreaches and bringing people in, Brother Jake, Brother Clinton said this in one message, we can bust people from all over the city into the church, but before long there'll be more flesh bust in than there is spirit sitting on the pews. Hello, now listen, this is serious. I'm seriously talking to us tonight. We can bust all the people we want in from the projects, from the nursing homes, amen, from the trailer, wherever you bring them. 20 kids on their way coming for the kids crusade, amen. But we can bring them in and they'll tear the carpet up. Hello. You can bring all that in, but there must be a power and a presence of God here that can withstand that press against the flesh. It's true that there are spiritual things working in this world. But we come in a familiarity. We come in what we know. We come in a tradition. We come in a religion. We come in a head knowledge. But we've got to come in the reality. The time to come is now. We must shake ourselves. We must shake ourselves. Oh, Jerusalem, thou that killest the prophets, all too often... As it relates to the people of God, both the moment and the message are lost. You know, Jesus walked into that city of Jerusalem, and they laid down palm branches before his feet. You often wonder why they did that. I mean, this is the one they were trying to kill. They were, they were running after him, and the palm branches came, and people just cried, Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest. And it was such a roar, Brother Gary, that even the scribes and the Pharisees started coming out and saying, who is that coming? Who are, they, who are they shouting to? You follow me? But when they saw it was Christ, you see, he said, if you don't praise me, then the very rocks will cry out in my name. So this in your place, rather. And the reason that the rocks will cry out is because the occasion calls for worship. The occasion quantifies you and I giving a sacrifice of worship. And oftentimes we miss it. We miss it. We miss the things that relate to the moment we miss the call, we miss the message, and surely we miss the time. But I'm telling you that our destiny depends upon it. Who we are destined to be, what God spoke over this place when he planted it, depends upon us recognizing this message tonight. Whether or not we line ourselves up with the voice that is behind this book. It's not just something of knowledge and, and, and literature, but there's a voice that speaks behind these words. And it is the voice of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We often miss it. In Scripture, we find that although people had their eyes, their members, Brother Chad, they couldn't see. This is, the, this is what, the, what, what the Lord said. And although they had their ears, the ears were a mockery unto them because they couldn't hear. They couldn't hear for that season and for that time. And we find the other often mistake that happens is the rejecting of the vessel by which God desires to move within. We miss the message. We miss the time. The moment, 
Anybody called but me, it was for you to do, brother. You, he didn't ask me to be a Saturday. You got somebody else besides me. And then when the message is coming forth, it's in camel's hair. Amen. You know, however God clothes the message in the vessel, we reject the messenger. Hello? So because of these reasons, we find ourselves in a state that is not the intention of God. But it is a, re a real condition that we find ourselves in. So we see it all boils down, church, to revelation. Christ asked the question, who do men say that I am? And I ask you that question tonight. At the same way, if Christ was here, who do men say that I am? He said, some say, amen, that you're John the Baptist. Some say it, you're you're Elijah. Some say you're a great prophet. Some say you're Jeremiah. That was the question of the Lord to the 12 disciples. But then here comes, just like God, the probing question, Brother Stanley, who do you say that I am? You see the difference now? And immediately, when it was the word of men, when it was the opinions of men, everybody had something to say. But when he asked, who do you say that I am, only one man quickly spoke. He said, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. That's by revelation and revelation only. He said, flesh and blood did not reveal this to you, but my father, which is in heaven. Folks, if we're going to be what God wants us to be, it's going to take a revelation from heaven to wake us up. A revelation of heaven. Amen. Men can only do so much. Carrying this treasure in an earthen vessel can only take so much. You've got to get it from God. And that comes from relationship. And that comes from coming over and over, believing that he is God. And that he's a rewarder of you if you diligently seek him. This is the, this is the way. Hallelujah. This is the way. It must be found again, church. It's not, it's a highway, he says, of holiness. But then Christ says, I'm the way. The pattern is Christ. It all takes us back to Christ, church. And as he was in this world, so are we to be if we keep coming. So we see this revelation that Jesus gave to Peter. Excuse me. It was no light thing for Israel to deviate from ever so little from the heavenly vision. When God gave Peter that revelation, there was a time that Peter deviated from what he knew about Christ. The word of God reminds us as Christ was going into the hall of judgments, that Peter began to what? Follow the Lord afar off. Hello. You know the story, right? So oftentimes, the position that we're in matters. It matters where you are. Hello? God knows where you are. But Adam, wherefore art thou? Eli, wherefore art thou? You got to know where you are. It could be raining outside. It rains on the just and the unjust. If you want water on your head, you're going to get up, walk out the door, and stand in the rain. Hello? It matters your position. It matters your posture. It matters what you do. If you want things from God, you're going to have to come to God. 
Hallelujah. You're going to have to, you're going to have to touch God. God is waiting on us. And we're saying we're waiting on God. What's the problem? There must be an issue, and it's, it's rarely ever on God's side. Whenever you find the people, hallelujah, that are unwilling to obey, they soon become a people with a hard heart. Hello. And ultimately, they become a people who cannot hear nor can they see. See, we believe that people are, the, the generation is the way it is because it's blind and deaf. That's not true. Brother Marvin, the generation is blind and deaf because she refuses to do something that God's told her to do. Now, when I refuse to obey what God tells me to do, Sister Sheila, then I walk on and I move on to getting a hard heart. You follow me? A stiff neck and a rebellious people Israel was in that wilderness. But that resistance hardened her heart. So it started with an unwillingness. Hello? Unwillingness to come. Oh, let's worship God. Lift your hands. Clap your feet. Oh, I mean, we just, what if we reduce this thing down to? Hello? What if we reduced it down to? The God we say we love, the God we, that we say has died for us, we won't lift our hands to worship him. This is an essential message tonight. If you're going to make it. Hello. If I'm going to make it, this is the crux of the matter. You got to keep coming to him. You got to keep coming. He don't say all you who are perfect, all you have it all fixed right. He says just Come. Bring me your problems. Bring me your pieces. Bring me your brokenness. Bring me your pain. Just come. Just come. He's not checking your church membership card. He's not checking. He wants to know if you're under the blood. He said, when I see the blood, I'll pass over you. We've got to stay at the blood. Stay at the foot of the cross. Come to Jesus. Come to Jesus. It's relationship, relationship, Relationship. Somebody say relationship. So we see that he says, Oh, Jerusalem, she had been chosen above all people Israel had been. She had been blessed above all nations. And she had been given the opportunity more than all the people of the earth. Hallelujah. Look at what it says in Jeremiah 29, 11. For I know the thoughts that I think toward you. Now, this was a time when they were in captivity. Says the Lord, thoughts of peace, not of evil, to give you a future and a hope, an expected end, the King James says. Then you will call upon me and go pray to me, and I will listen to you, and you will seek me and find me when you seek for me with your whole heart. Folks, it is so important that we understand that God has a way. We can't deviate from it. So being simply chosen, Brother Pickens, was not enough. I'll say it again. Her simply being chosen was not enough. Uh, her simply having a prophetic destiny spoken over her life, Sister Sandy, it wasn't enough. 
for God to even have thoughts of peace for her, Sister Kimberly, was not enough. The destiny that God has for your life requires you to partner up with the plan of God. I'm going to tell you what. God can have a lot of plans, a lot. Now, he knows what we're going to do. Amen. But he's not forcing us. And he's always, if we will turn to God, God turns back to us. I don't care what it looks like in this house, what it sounds like. If us hundred folks, whatever here, would turn ourselves toward Calvary, he will show up. It's not really hard. But we must be true to the pattern. It's very, very simple. We make the gospel hard. But it's really relationship, Laura. You want intimacy with your husband. God wants that relationship with us. It's intimacy. It's relationship. He wants us to love him. He wants us to come to him. So he says, thou that killest the prophets. Now this is where they had sunken to. Look at this. I won't do what God tells me to do. Then I get a hard heart. Okay. Then I go over here. And then before long I'm blind. And then I'm doing things. And I think I'm helping God like Saul. And I'm, I'm persecuting. And I'm going against the things that God really is for. Have you ever been there? How many times you watch something and you, you assume you know what it's all about? Hello? You have a lot of assumptions about things because you're watching that TV and reading that Facebook. Hello? A lot of assumptions, Brother Chris. Then we form beliefs. And then based upon what we believe, we act upon it. Hello? Don't have to be true, but that's what I believe. And when we're watching people, Brother Jake, what we're doing is we're like a tape recorder in this life. And what we're doing is we collect some things and we save some things. We throw some things away. We watch some things and, and you know, if I'm in the manager and I'm in the meeting, I'm watching Brother Corey and he works for me. And I'm talking to him and he reaches down and grabs his phone and looks at his phone. Now I can say, you know, Corey doesn't respect what I'm saying. He doesn't care about the meeting. He's not in, he's not, he doesn't care about the company. But surely it could be that Corey just got a message that his wife was in a car accident. Do you understand me? But if I already believe some things about Corey, every time I'm looking at Corey, I'm going to take those assumptions and I'm going to just gather more to feed what I already believe about Corey. It's called the ladder of inference and it's just a proverbial loop. And the first thing you got to ask yourself is, am I missing something here? Ask yourself the question. Maybe, maybe Corey's doing something more important than what I'm talking about. Maybe just, how about the benefit of the doubt, church? How about giving folks the benefit of the doubt? Instead of making our own assumptions, our own beliefs. Amen. Our own judgments. So we see that Israel had got to a place where she began to kill the messengers of God. He says, willing to kill those who were sent to her by God to help her. Thou who killest the prophet and stoned that that sent thee. All of the love and the blessings they had did nothing to turn their hearts to God. Oh, just tell them about the love of Jesus. That's not the gospel. Hello? Listen, listen. 
We've got to be careful when we, when, we, when we minimalize the message. But the love that, God, that, that was there, their blessings didn't turn their hearts. It didn't stop their sinful ways. And all the good they appeared to do, the titles they had, and the prophecies that lingered over them didn't turn the course of Jerusalem. If Jerusalem had turned to Christ, the destruction of 70 A.D. would not have come. It was after many years that Christ is there weeping over Jerusalem. She had slain the prophets and rejected those that came in the name of God, that prophesied for him to come. Now he is standing there before them, and you know what they're doing? They're rejecting him. And the word shows us that when he died and rose again, and the apostles were planting the church, you know what they did? They rejected the apostles. They all died a tragic death. Every one of them crucified. Hello? All of them, the rejection of God's people. They were focused and determined to do what they wanted to do the way they wanted to do it. Folks, we cannot be guilty of this because truly God is not going to wink at it for Victory Temple. He's not going to wink at it for the American church. He's not going to wink at it for the Pentecost. It doesn't matter. We must line up with this pattern. So we see that. No hearing, no seeing, no heeding, and no aligning. It happens today when we fail to realize that God can be linked to a vessel. This is really important. I want you to listen to this. I've got a quote in here from T. Austin Sparks. I want you to hear what he had to say. When they started judging and killing and the messengers of God, and I want to stay right here because the church world can be very, very critical of pastors. Hello? Hello? We can be very critical of the men of God, very critical of women of God, very critical of leadership. Amen. I'm talking about leadership that's lining up with the word of God. And to be a good leader, it don't always have to be picnics, does it, Brother Jake? To be a good leader is to tell us what we need to hear when we need to hear it the way we need to hear it. Amen. Like it or not. Amen, brother. So when they fail to realize that God links himself with people, it was God that was calling these people and speaking through a vessel. All along the way, he was telling the vessel what to tell them, what they did not know themselves, and explaining through the vessel what they could not understand themselves. Can you say amen? So because God was using the voice, the vessel, John the Baptist, all of the ones that spoke in times past, they rejected the men of God. They rejected the messengers of God and they killed them. And Christ is standing here and he's pronouncing that over their lives. Hello. I think we've all sat on a pew before and didn't like what the preacher said. Hello. Hit a little too close to home. Amen. This is what T. Austin Sparks says. God can link himself to men, vessels for a special purpose. This anointing in which God so commits himself to the vessel, is always related to purpose. A man cannot touch that vessel 
Hello? You, somebody else, cannot touch that vessel or dispute the work of that man of God without sooner or later by sudden intervention by God or by the slow grinding meals of God to have to reckon with God. It's not until God links himself with a man that that man becomes a part of the purposes of God. You can find his faults. You can find his imperfections. But if God is hitched up to him, you better keep your mouth closed about it. That's the best thing you can do. You know why? Because we all got issues. Hello. We all got problems. God said that Abraham's faith was counted unto him as righteousness. Now Abraham, even though God didn't tell him when he promised him the nations that it was going to come through Sarah, but you're going to be a father. He listened to his wife. God gives him a word. He doesn't go tell his wife. So God's dealing with Abraham and he even intercedes for Ishmael. When he says, you're going to have a son, he says, but what about Ishmael, the son of the flesh? He's standing in the gap for what he chose to do. Does that make sense? God didn't have no issue with Abraham's issues. Hello? But every one of us going to have a problem with Abraham's issues. But when God links himself to a man of God, you may not like everything about him. You may not like his tie. You may not like how he starts the service. But if God is linked to the vessel, if you open your mouth, put your hand to it in word or deed or the work, you will suffer. You're going to suffer. It may be suddenly or it may be a slow process. But there's going to be a day of reckoning, Sister Kelly. We need to be careful what we say. See, some of the issues we're having in our, in our lives is because we're not properly discerning the Lord's body. Hello? I'm not talking about Calvary. When you take that communion, and he says there are many sick amongst you. He said because you've not properly discerned the Lord's body. Study it out. It has nothing to do with the crucified body of Christ, but the mystical body of Christ. And there are people that are sick in this church, sick in this building. Your families are sick. Problems we're going through because we're not discerning the body of Christ. We're criticizing, fault finding, judging. And we're inside of our own selves receiving the recompense of our own choices. It'd be best to be quiet and pray. See, when God shows us something... That means he's entrusting us with it. If there are any afflicted amongst you, let him pray. Not let him talk. Not let him tell everybody. If there are anybody oppressed, going through a burden, going through a struggle, having a problem. If there are any afflicted amongst you, let him pray. We need more of that. Because there are many afflictions in the body. But when it comes together, Brother Jake... And we line ourselves up and we fit together. What the body can do is heal itself. Hello? I said in its right place, supplying that which is lacking, it can heal itself. Amen. Hallelujah. They murdered the vessels of God. They desired to hear pleasantries. They desired to hear ease and comfort and stood strong against the message calling for change. The message called them to return and reject their ways. 
had they rejected the prophets, they had rejected the prophets and were rejecting Jesus himself in that place. Now, we must be careful that our hearts would not cause us to instantly reject what we don't agree with. Hello? I, I, I sleep and live with a woman every night, and I don't agree with everything she say. Hello? Uh-oh, Brother Jake. That wasn't the anointing. Should have left my wife out of my mouth, huh? <laughs> but it's the truth. She don't agree with me on everything, and I don't agree with her. And that's my wife. Amen. But the thing about it is, is that we will find an issue about something that we don't agree with. And we'll tell ourselves we're right. But Jeremiah says it clear in 17.9. The heart is deceitful above all things. Somebody say all things. And desperately wicked. Who can know it? How you going to know yourself, Brother Steve? I mean, if a man judges himself by himself, the word of God says he's what? A fool. The heart is desperately wicked. I, the Lord, look at this, search it, the heart. Now, this is God speaking. I search the heart. I try the reins, even every man according to his ways and according to the fruit of his doings. It's amazing how we judge everybody by what they do and we judge ourselves by what we intended. Well, I didn't mean any harm when I told six people what I shouldn't have told them. I didn't mean any harm. But if somebody makes a wrong little, don't come hug you, don't do something, look at them. They didn't, you know, you see, we're heavy-handed. And we're heavy. But remember, the measure that we give is what we receive. So the touchstone of reality to our hearts is not the feelings and preferences, but look at your heart, church. And look at how it reacts and responds. Hello? Just look at yourself. Examine yourself. It don't, you don't need Brother Jake, hello, to tell you you got an attitude. <laughs> Listen, man. I'm just telling you. If you got vinegar on you and, you and you're not being kind and loving to you, listen, you, you know why you got a problem. Show yourself friendly. Be nice. You need something, you know, get a friend. Come to church. But you don't need to call a deacon meeting because you don't know what the devil's doing and you know you're not doing right. Look at your heart, how you're acting. What response? It's showing you what's there. As you think in your heart, Carly, so are you. Hello. I know it's not very spiritual what I'm saying, but God said I search the heart. That's real spiritual. I try the reins. He said, I see it, and I'm going to pay you according to what you do. I'm going to give you that. Jerusalem, hear the word of the Lord. There was a time I warned you over and over, but you rejected the call. The time is now. Two points, and then I'll, I'll close here real quickly. It was God's people that told Moses, you speak to God for us. Hello? You speak to God for us. We don't want to speak to God for ourselves. We'd rather you speak for us. See, but God has made a way that we can go into the holy of holies. Yes, Amen. He, you, he, if, you, if you pray in secret, he'll reward you openly. That don't mean you don't pray in the church together as a church. 
Hello. All of that works together. But God has a way of showing us His way. But they said, speaking of God, they didn't want to talk to God themselves. And this was the result, Brother Jake. Psalms 103 and 7. Speaking of God, He made known His ways unto Moses and His acts unto the children of Israel. See, that's a picture of relationship to me. See, my wife knows my ways. Hello? Don't you know your ways of your children? You know their ways. They ain't got the best ways. You know, you, you know how your family are. You know the ways of your family, right? I may know you by your reputation, but you know your family by the reality of who they are. So it says that Israel knew the acts of God, but Moses, because he met with God face to face, knew the ways of God. Do you understand that? Remember, church, what I said in the beginning, knowledge and understanding. Now, you can fall asleep on this tonight if you want, but it's going to be you walking out of here. I'm not just giving you information. Hello? I'm giving you something there by which you shall live by. Man will not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth from the mouth of God. This is sustenance to you in such a time as this. I want to know the ways of God. I want to know how God does what he does. Not just that he does something. Does that make sense? And it begins to think of how we pray. It's the way we approach God in a familiarity or in a reverence that we understand that this is God, that we must, he will reward us if we diligently seek him and we learn the ways of God. We're not just asking God for him to act upon him. Oh God, heal Sanja. Oh God, touch my sons. Oh God, fix my car. Oh God, help me to pay my gas because it's going up every day at the pump. Petitioning God. But what the prayer of relationship will do, the first thing it will do is transform your mind. How you think, how you understand to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. This is how we grow in the kingdom. This is how we grow. Brother Jake can preach until the cows come home over and over and he is doing a wonderful job. I honor him at this moment. Why don't we give pastor... Just give him honor. Laying the foundation of, 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 of the word of God. But Brother Jake and I were talking this morning. As a builder, you can design a foundation. All of the specifications, all of the wire, all of the iron, the strong concrete and everything. And you can pour it. But if you neglect the condition of the ground, the slab will fail. Every time, Brother James, thank you. What am I talking about? I'm talking about digging in the ground where you live. Where I live. That's the work of the Holy Ghost. That's the effectual work of God in a church. To bring that church to perfection. To bring it to maturity. Hello? Into that one new man. To the maturity that is found in Christ. We can go out there and bust them all in. You hear me? We had the first week of a uh, day of nursery today. Sister, Sister Linda had. Now next week, if we get 15 families that come in, and we got 18 babies back there and two women, is it the baby's fault? No, it's not. So do we have a baby problem? No. We need some more people working in the nursery. 
See, we don't understand what the core of the issue is. We always see things on the superficial level, but we've got to understand more. Now, if you bring an unbeliever in here, you bring somebody that's on, the, on drugs, an addict, somebody that's just been delivered, somebody's been in bondage, and we talk about that's what we want to do, right? We bring them up in here, and we don't have the capacity to love them and to, 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 to nurture them and to help them to grow. It'd be better to leave them alone. You better leave them out there because here they come. They crying. They hurting. They mad because they didn't go bad, good for them. They're struggling, Brother Jerry. So what's the issue? Is it the fact that the house is full of a bunch of people who are babes? No, the problem is there are not enough nurses in the house. Hello? It was the problem in many revivals back in, the, in, historic, in history. When the revival came through and God brought the souls in and the souls, some of them got pulled back out. The issue was not their fault. It was the fault that there was not enough strength in the church. We could bring it forth, but we got to hold on to it. You can come to Jesus, but you got to keep coming to Jesus. Hello? You can, you, 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 you can come, but keep coming. It is a continual walk of faith. And as a church, it, what we say we want, we've got to be able to maintain a system that can handle what we say we want. Hello? You want revival? Now you're going to think about it. It's going to cost something. We got to change. It, it, we are not going to have revival the way that we're doing everything we're doing. Hello? I know Brother Jake don't take offense to that. That's why I can say it. And God said it. We're going to have to change some things because we can't sustain what we're asking God to bring to us. It's going to require us to die. If I've got a 50-gallon uh, water tank, Brother Steve, you're an industrious man, and I put a little bitty pipe on the end of that thing. If i got a one-inch pipe coming to that house, I can have 50 gallons on the outside of Brother Eli's a plumber, the wrong man, Brother Eli. Am I going to get 50,000 gallons, 50, gallons through that one-inch pipe? No, I will not. There's a restriction. It's limited by the capacity of the pipe that will allow it to flow. Now, in your life, you started with Jesus. You had a prayer life. You was walking with God. And you came to prayer meeting. Maybe you've never been to prayer meeting, some of you. But you were walking with God. You had a way that you were doing what you were doing. Then you grew up. You got married. Okay? Then you, 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 you had a wife. Then you had children. But here's the thing. Your life requires more capacity. You, it took more money, right, Brother James? Hello? That's getting natural. You get a wife, it costs more money. When you marry Laura, didn't it cost you more money? Shucks, yeah. A whole lot more money. So if we understand it in the natural, if it requires more to sustain more people. So here's our prayer. Lord, help me. I'm walking with the Lord. I'm Eddie. Jesus, I'm starting. I'm walking with Jesus, Brother Eddie. Now, Brother Eddie, good-looking man, here she comes. He finds that wife. Oh, he finds a good thing. But guess what? His prayer is going to have to change. Hello? I'm telling you the truth whether you believe it or not. And if you don't understand it, that's the problem. If he's going to take on the wife, he's going to have to pray more. He's going to have to enlarge himself more.
He's going to have to have more volume, just not just for him, Brother Corey, but he's going to have volume to take care of that wife too. Now here's Victor Temple. I want to pray for the nation. Uh-oh. I want to pray for the president. I want to pray for the streets of the community where people are murdering each other every weekend, shooting each other. But I don't want to change my prayer life. I want to pray exactly like I always prayed, Brother Chris. I want to every now and then or never come to a prayer meeting. Every now and then listen to the pastor. Never take a note. Never grow. Never get knowledge. Never get understanding. But I say I'm praying for the world. You and I pray for the world. Going through a motion. But the reality of it is, is that the capacity church must be enlarged. And now is the time. Now's the time, church. We're on the brink of an opportunity to reach the loss. But when they come, like the law of magnetism, Brother Jake can draw them in. Because he's preaching the truth. A young man on fire will draw them in. They'll come watch him burn. But they're going to be pushed away if there's not enough nurses on the pews. There's got to be more nurses. There's got to be more men. There's got to be. We've gained in every area of our lives. We got a better car, a bigger house. We got a wife. We got children. We got money in the bank. Increase, got savings. All that. We got people even watching our money, Brother Keith. But we don't have anybody watching this supply of the Holy Ghost. And we wonder what's wrong. We got to change. Come unto me, O Jerusalem. How I would have. See, it's conditional. I would have gathered you if you would come. So the question is tonight, will you come? Will you come? This is the message to take you to glory. You can build upon everything tonight because it's simple. Don't fix it. Just come. Don't have the answers. Just come. Even when the woman got the vision, she said, come see a man who showed me all about myself. That word come is all through the word of God. But we in the church, we want to sit and not come. Church, there's going to be a rude awakening. And it's not going to be pretty if we don't aggressively, urgently change. Now, God woke me with this thought this morning. I don't believe it's just for Victor Temple. I believe it's for the church universally. This world is about to implode on itself. And we stand on the threshold of the coming of the Lord. He's about to step across that thing and say, come up hither. And we're sitting here waiting on God. Oh, no, my brothers and my sisters, ladies and gentlemen, I respectfully tell you, God is waiting on you. It's waiting on us. Will we be the people that we've been destined to be? Called to be. Chosen to be. Peculiar people. Brother Jake, walking circumspect with a full view. Watching and praying. Walking, paying attention to what's surrounding us. Knowing what the will of God is concerning you. Not just to do something, but to be 
what God wants you to be. Can we do that tonight? Hallelujah. Let's stand to our feet all over the building. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, church. Are you going to come to Him? Hallelujah. While you have time. While you have time. While you have time. Thank you, Jesus. Come unto Jesus while you have time. Come unto Jesus. Make up your mind. He will make your life brand new. For He will take care of you. Come to Jesus while you have time. Time is running out, church. Come unto Jesus. The altars are open. While you have time. Oh, church, come unto Jesus. You are the makeup, your mind. He will make your life. You need your life to be made brand new, church. Brand new. It's not just for the center, Victory Temple. It's for us. For He will take care of you. Come to Jesus while you 